Welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where we beat a dead horse 1d6 damage at a time. Today, we dive in a, into a game that can be used for anything with its simple generic rule system. You can apply it to any setting. I am, of course, lying. This is a madman's fever dream that coalesced one night into the vision of a spinning token with a lot of crap on it. We're looking at Glyph's RPG Blueprint on today's System Mastery. Welcome to System Mastery. I am your host, John, and of course, my illustrious other host, Jeff, is here as well. Hmm, I like illustrious. I don't know what to do with other, but I'm, I'm going to accept it. The Hi other there. host. I'm the other host. I'm yeah. also the host. Hey, Jeff. Hi. How you doing? Oh, dude. It's been great. Except for that yeah, all, it's been- all, except for that all of my attempts to cook Christmas things fell apart. Oh, yeah. I'm sad. Every Christmas dish. <laughs> I was so excited about all this. The problem was that I kept trying to make stuff up instead of just, you know, opening up the internet and being like, how I make a chocolate pie. <laughs> yeah, instead of just being like, here's a recipe I know. You're like, I'm going to throw things into a bucket and see what kicks. Uh, you know, that Cajun chicken pot pie is going to come out real good with one quick solution. It was only missing one thing from being perfect. Uh, cocaine. It needed a bunch of cocaine. Seriously. A lot of cocaine. Seriously, though. <laughs> a liberal dusting. Well, ultimately, I just needed to read the instructions on phyllo dough so, so as to learn it takes five hours to defrost. <laughs> uh, so I didn't have to work with fucking Pillsbury biscuits on top. Mm. I mean, not that that's bad. Those are fucking tasty. Don't, don't get me wrong. Oh, I'm getting you wrong. Yeah, you're going to get me wrong here. Don't you get me wrong. <laughs> but in the future... The filling of that was astonishingly good, and I'm going to make it again very soon because I still have all those Cajun seasonings. Yeah. A little too spicy. Well, for you. Yeah. I'm a spice baby. Yeah. I'm baby spice. I can't cook to your expectations because I don't like mayonnaise. No. I also don't expect you to. I know. (laughs) When you're like, hey, I'm making this Cajun pot pie, I was like, sweet, that sounds delicious for other people. Yep. And it it certainly would be. And then my chocolate pie was exactly what it should be, which is basically just pudding on a crust. Yeah. But the only real gimmick was that I was the one making the pudding, and it wasn't made from, like, a powder that Bill Cosby endorsed in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, still, it tasted exactly like it was supposed to, which is, you know, chocolate pudding pie. <laughs> it's, and I think he probably needed an additional gimmick. Like, one more gimmick, and it would have been there. Yeah. If I had thrown some like pep- flavor. Yeah. Yeah, he tasted like chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Eat a dick. <laughs> yeah, being mean. Mm-hmm. That's I right. got I got you the best Christmas present you're going to get this year. <laughs> it's true, <laughs> listeners. I got John a, a a very very nice Nicolas Cage zippered pillowcase with a misprinted <laughs> se- sentence on it, so that it's it looks like he is saying, "It's me, Nicolas Cage. See you in my dreamy." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I did indeed sleep on that last night. <laughs> Tell you, great sleep. Yep. Haven't slept better. Well, yeah. And plus, you got to see Nicolas Cage in your dreamy. Yeah. I'll wake up first thing in the morning, and there he is. <laughs> it wasn't enough to find a Nick Cage pillowcase. I had to find one that was had a, a blatant misspelling on it. <laughs> uh, now, much as I love our beginning of the show shtick, Mm-hmm. This book mm, yeah. has too much nonsense in it. 
Like, I assume this is going to go long because this this book cannot be really understood. I feel like if someone understood this, it would be like a, a weird cult situation. Or just a lie. I mean... We're talking, like, time cube level the RPG. Yeah, this one was rough. I mean, it starts so promising because the... Uh, well, no, it doesn't. No, it, no, it literally doesn't. starts with, hey, you need to buy a proprietary token with, like, 57 different symbols okay. on it. Uh, rather than that, this book was your pick, and I had never heard of it, and it... Well, I would, I would like to just state for the record, yeah. uh, this was suggested to me mm-hmm. by a uh, friend and uh, known friend of the show, Quinn. Oh, Quinn, okay. They showed me several pages from this mm-hmm. uh, on Twitter, mm-hmm. and I think it was like the feral... Uh, arc race mm-hmm. and just the which is like token symbol itself and i was just it was maddening you, uh, yeah you know i'll take it back the, the opening pages of the book do not inspire a neat idea or confidence i mean your very generic description of what i should go get inspired a little bit of confidence because here's the at, at its core this is kind of the selling premise of the game is uh, this game is diceless, replacing it instead with a sort of token and carom board situation where you flick a token down a little track onto like a, a grid uh, with with a variety of different potential outcomes and squares and circles and what have you on it. Yeah, they uh, they really wanted to make this book into a physical challenge. Like, well, they're like, oh, yeah, you can do dexterity mm-hmm. games with this. But, you know, also instead of that, like the randomization is just where the coin goes. Yeah, because there's all different ways of getting it onto that grid. You can flick it from a little track that that, that uh, comes on each of the two grids, and the, I think three grids, actually, in the game. Or you can, like, spin it on top of them, like a little top. Or you can drop it on the on the grid from a height. It's all these... It's It's like, you know, they thought about the various ways that you could interact with flicking a token onto a grid. And that part sounded, uh, in your kind of initial lead-in description to me, that that's what the, the premise of the game is. I was like, oh, that's clever, because that, that adds a little bit of skill to the game, and but just enough randomness to, to kind of still have some. That'd be neat. And then I saw what the token looks like. And, and not, not the grid. The token has, like, 32 different distinct symbols on it into, in, arranged into eight different categories. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and let you know that the token for this has not only a basically a d10 on it it's got a zero through nine Mm -hmm. printed around the ring of it it also has several different lines that are paths so it'll have like a straight line a t like an l shape an s and it's like oh if you're determining what a path looks like, mm-hmm. use this. Yes, you can. if you're just like making a dungeon on the fly, you just constantly spin this token and it comes up as like, a figure eight occurs, and now you have a figure eight in the path you're walking. Or that's where the chase and the car chase goes. Or that's where the deviation of the gl- grenade you threw is. But they've got the cardinal directions, four elemental glyphs, mm-hmm. uh, four states glyphs, which is like particles and waves and lines and clusters states glyphs are what the civil war was about yeah states glyphs yeah uh there's permutation glyphs Mm -hmm. there are 
uh, polarity glyphs. Mm-hmm. There are function glyphs. This is on the token, the little the the thing that you flick down the track. That we don't have one. You can buy them, by the way, if you would like one. Uh, this game we got you know for free on Drive Through RPG. So this is how they get you. Oh yeah, no the uh, <laughs> the fact that this game was like, hey, just. Get, download it for free on drive through RPG. It's mm-hmm. fine. I was like, oh, okay. Look at it. Oh, the the token itself that you absolutely need to play this is $20. Yeah. yeah. Uh- <laughs> and that's for one of them. And considering that multiple players are going to be spinning and flicking and dropping this token all the time. So they're going to bop it. You got to you got to have probably at least a couple. Now, there are also two different grids upon which to flick or drop or spin the uh, the token. I mean, technically, there's one, but with two overlays. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess It's the fair. exact same grid. It's just one is numbered like 1 to 26, mm-hmm. and then the other one is letters, but... In addition to letters, it's also colors. See, I thought there was the skill slash technique grid and then something else called the omni grid. You've got the action grid and the omni grid, but they're the same shape. They have the same okay. loadout, mm-hmm. uh, and the numbers are in the same place as the letters slash colors are. Right. So technically, you can just use the one grid. But it means like, oh, a one is not just a one. It's also an A and the color black. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's about 20, I think it's 28 distinct colors that you can roll on the chart. They include things like navy blue versus dark blue. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're going to get things where it's, we've already run out of things like red, blue, green. And so at this point, we're like, well, we got magenta and mauve and tan. Olive. Uh, ecru mint green <laughs> eggshell <laughs> yeah it's ocean foam it's a uh, it's a bit much <laughs> it's a lot i mean and and the game kind of has a I'm, I'm gonna go now, ahead and say hold on it. i want to say fine attached to this grid mm-hmm. ah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. the track is a track mm-hmm. that a little bit away from the grid is a molecule symbol yeah there's a picture of a molecule and a little further away from that is what the game refers to as a G, but it kind of looks like someone fucked up the handicap parking space. Oh, somewhere. yeah. I kind of saw it as sort of a combination between a check mark and a lightning bolt. <laughs> uh, but, but anyway, I guess I could see it as a G. It certainly is a cool razor-edged G for the 90s. <sighs> it's a G with a lot of X in it. <laughs> it uh, certainly was. Now, if you're wondering what those are, those are the two different starting points on the track from which you might flick your token, depending on the severity of difficulty you're you're facing or the, or the type of action type you're doing. Of, yeah. And obviously, as you can tell, they're a progressive from easy to hard in the simple track of molecule letter G. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the it really tracks from, you know, this difficulty goes from molecule to G and I think everyone understands that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, mean we finally got rid of those ones where it's like difficult, hard, very hard. No one understands that. Yeah. But when you tell someone it goes from molecule molecule to G, they're like finally a simple understandable system. Now, it would have been nice for, I would have appreciated a little more granularity here if they had included a ninja turtle in the middle. Uh, because, of course, that's the exact midpoint between Molecule and G is uh, is Raphael. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. you know, 
obviously this is still the 1.0 mm, so yeah, should yeah. this get a second edition we might see that yeah they'll put the, they'll put in the obvious ninja turtle center to that <laughs> to, the, to that dichotomy uh now and they're also they're, it's not just a picture of a molecule and a, and also a picture of a g which Oh, those are just glyphs for something, and don't, don't worry about it. It just coincidentally looks like those two things. They're called the molecule and the G. Yes. And, again, depending on what you're doing, you'll either, like, if you're flicking it, you have to have your wrist stay on that symbol mm-hmm. while you are flicking it, and it can't leave the table while you do it. So it has, like, a bunch of rules. Yeah, right off the bat here, I'd like to complain that you can't flick the G. It's way up in there. <laughs> Man, whenever this game's like, hey, flick the G, I'm like, you don't understand how this works. <laughs> uh, the <laughs> Outside of the grids and the tokens, mm-hmm. the first thing that really grabs your attention in this is the art uh well yeah there's a there's a mix of different varieties of art that may be found throughout but the core art which i'm sure you're you're ready you can sum it up in a word it's it's uh very easy to sum up in a word and that word is boobs oh poser it is poser it's poser art it's the book has poser art. you know it's a free book so i wasn't going to complain about the art but Oh my! They, they seem to have picked their favorite, and and they use her to introduce most of the chapters in the book. Yeah, they have a sexy white-haired lady in a white corset and white short shorts mm-hmm. that is on every single page. She looks like what would happen if you let players select their own Final Fantasy character colors. They just pick white or black and go all the way to all of them, and then turn the boob slider all the way up. See, she is heavy of breast. The, what I'm saying is Picard would be into this. <laughs> the problem I have with this is normally i would say like oh it's some dude making an rpg and he's making all the art and he's doing everything by himself Mm -hmm. okay i get it he's just slapping together whatever he can poser art however when you go to the back of the book and look at about the author Mm -hmm. you see that he decides to say oh his professional background spans years of graphic design oh yeah he's a graphic artist and the inventor of the 2d dice Wait, the 2D... What's, what the it? token. Oh, the token is because called the 2D has, dice? He has uh, an entire 2D dice thing where you can buy a token that instead of all of these glyphs and nonsense, has like, around ah. the middle is 1 through 4, so you can do a D4, and then through 6, you can do a D6, all the way up through 20 along the outside rim. Well, I mean, I was a layout and graphic artist for a few years myself, and I can't draw a lady. I'll be very honest, because mostly if you're doing graphic design for work, it's logos. You're just making little logos and doing text shit. Yeah, but I also wouldn't put in my author section that I wrote myself, <laughs> I'm a graphic designer, and you can really tell. I he mean, mentions it twice. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna, this is going to be the rare, very, very rare occasion in this book where I'm going to the bat for the, go to bat for the guy. Oh, I, I was a graphic designer for like five years, and I can't draw to save my life. I can graphic design. which Yes, means, but he says he's a graphic artist. Uh, okay, I guess that's a difference. Fair enough. As a graphic designer, my primary ability was to Google the picture I need and then mess with it enough that it's not the same picture <laughs> and then give it to my boss and then complain. Yes. About my boss. Mm-hmm. To my boss. Yeah, yeah. But, but I'd say, this boss I know. And he'd be like, yeah, checks out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no, De- that De- boss. Definitely not me. <laughs> definitely a boss. <laughs> that sounds like a boss I'm not, he'd say. He definitely says. Mm-hmm. So uh, so the, the game purports to be a universal system. Mm-hmm. 
it is supposed to be a game where you can play it in anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes in any setting. They're like, you can do fantasy or sci-fi or kung fu beat-em-ups, whatever you want. It's all available here at Glyphs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, here's our races. You can be a cat girl. I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> okay, well, oh, let's... um. Uh, I want to start with something I found pretty fascinating with this book, which is that it seems to be presented in reverse order from what it should be. Character creation in this book is chapter 12. Yes. Uh, it, for some reason, character creation is is, segment, <laughs> is sandwiched between a list of skills and a list of powers. Uh, that is where you will find character creation. Uh, oh, it's, it's worse than that. Yeah. It's sandwiched between your polarity. Ah, your alignment, basically. And the combat system. The com- <laughs> yeah. But... The book seems to be presented backwards, such that when you're looking through these races and then shortly after that, the archetypes that you can play as, it, it presents a variety of dazzling and confusing concepts that it will not explain for hundreds of pages. Because oh, no. this book is enormous. Because you start looking at something and it's like, oh, well, of course, these uh, weapons you have do a T3 damage. Mm-hmm. You're like, what does a T3 mean? Don't worry about it. Anyway, you also have uh, 12 BUs. I'm sorry, you need to stop and tell me what's happening in this yeah, game. For, could you please explain to me why my cat girl character I built has an endoskeleton of two LHP? <laughs> what, is, uh, what, is, what does that do? Oh, don't worry about that. As far as I can tell, LHP stands for Life Health Points. Yes. Which he is... didn't want to do hit points, because that's passe. Yeah. So he put an L there. Yeah, he put an L in front, and then he said Life Health Points, even though those are just synonyms. Yep. Uh... Well, because he also has AHP for armor health points, because, mm-hmm. you know, the health of your armor points. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Now, th- now now, it makes a lot more sense. He could have just put LP for life points and AP for armor points. He had to include the word health in both. Oh, yeah, for obviously. reasons. Because HP. I don't want to be the standard that everyone else but is. But I do need I, HP to exist in the word anyway. But otherwise, people aren't going to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, they should be LHPN for life hit points numbers. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if they're life health points numbers. Excuse me. Sorry. That would be a lot more cohesive. Uh, this is another thing you'll find as you make your way through the book is that this guy has, I'm going to go ahead and say a Gygaxian tendency towards using a big word when a small one would do often to his detriment as he clearly does not know what the big word means. Yeah. I mean, again, honestly, you go to the back of this book, you look at this guy, you look at his about the author, and you're like, yeah, I get it. No, I I get it. I mean, just as an example, one of my favorite things I found in the book is a part that is, uh, there's a list of superpowers, because obviously you have to be able to play as a superpowered person, because otherwise you wouldn't be able to use this game for anything. Exactly. Uh, One of the the first superpower in the list is the very basic, very famous superpower of flight, Mm -hmm. uh, which in this game grants you the ability to move freely through aerospace. Which, sure, I mean, I guess if you wanted to use a bigger word than the air or the sky or just... Or even just airspace? This gives you the yeah, airspace or the ability to fly. All, all these things would have been fine. But instead he said aerospace. Now, I know that sounds right. So when you read through, you're like, yeah, okay, whatever. You can keep going. After all, you've read a lot of big words getting here. Why stop now? But aerospace doesn't mean the sky. It means the industry of getting people into the air. Yeah, which means you can like move freely through Boeing or the or the Wright brothers. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> and this is this is common throughout, throughout. That's just my favorite. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of that in this. 
Um, okay, so the races, as John was mentioning, they are human, elf, dwarf, cat girl, uh, and demon. Demon, demon well, of the bay. Damon. Damon. Uh, so a guy named Damon. Yeah. And Damon. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> My real name's Ted. Don't tell anyone. I want to fit in at the goth club. <laughs> uh, yeah, you get... Those are your, what is known as, primal race types. Mm -hmm. Now, primal race types, they are the ones that are, you know, like human and so on, where you're like, oh, you might have a little bit of a difference between these various things, but they're not, you know, super powered in and of themselves. Mm -hmm. Most of your abilities are going to come from whatever archetype you choose in this game. Yeah. Uh, but then there are also deviant race types. Mm -hmm. And just reading the word deviant race type know, made me first very thought, uncomfortable. Yeah, there, there's a moment where you're like, okay, which one's it going to be? Is it going to be a bunch of stuff about lifestyle choices he doesn't approve of? Or what are is we this, gonna, Italians? We're going to do a. <laughs> they know what they did and continue to do. Deviants. <laughs> and, uh, or it could be about the bad guys from old Marvel stuff. But instead, this is where. Your sort of generically magical types of things go. So it's got a merman or a cyborg or a vampire, mm -hmm. a werewolf or a serpentian. Yeah, including one of my favorite phrases in the book, which was like uh, serpentian. What was it? Attachments or lengths or something? Oh, endowments. Like. So thank you. Serpentian endowments. <laughs> the serpentian, as we all know, is a bipedal snake man that has two snakes coming out of his armpits. <laughs> Now, the, that's just a common thing that you would see along with vampires and werewolves. There are two snakes inside you. <laughs> uh, one snake is in your armpit. The other snake <laughs> is in your, your other armpit. armpit. You are a Serpentian. <laughs> serpentian <sighs> endowment sounds like the sort of thing where it's a CD of soft jazz that you can buy at Target. It's on that kiosk where you can press a button and, and a polite lady's voice goes, Serpentian endowments. <laughs> <laughs> see, I was just thinking Serpentian sounds like the worst night. Oh, yeah, I am Serpentian. <laughs> I have no arms or legs. <laughs> I have these snakes, you know. Yes. <laughs> yes, my good man. <laughs> oh, you supercilious serpent. <laughs> uh, okay, so deviants are the good races to play as, basically. Uh, they have a downside to them, however. Uh, they include vampire, Serpentian, Merman, yeah. uh, a few others. Uh, Cyborg, I think, is one of them. Yeah, I already mentioned all of them. Okay, and uh, <laughs> the, the the downside to them is that you are automatically ca uh, considered to be multi-classed if you're playing as one, because you're forced to take your first class, well, archetype, excuse me, because this game is a classless system. It just has archetypes, which are classes. Uh, you, <laughs> Your first archetype is forced to be Marvel, which is normally the superpower one. Uh, except you don't get any of the benefits from it. So really, well, you just don't get any of the, the ability to take the powers or skills. Yeah, you don't get the powers or skills, but you do get the weapon proficiencies and stuff. Yeah. But effectively, what it means is it forces you to take another thing, another thing, and then earn half XP on both of them because uh, because of how powerful your cla your your starting race is. The thing is, this is not true. Yeah, I was gonna say it just says you have to pick Marvel as your dominant uh, archetype, mm -hmm. and then you can pick something else, but. <laughs> The uh, thing is, the game heavily suggests that you should have a dual archetype character regardless of what you are, mm -hmm. because that's how you make the unique classes. Yes. So if you were to take, like, priest and warrior, well, now you've got a paladin, baby. 
Yeah, and if you were to instead combine martial artist and commoner, well, now you've made a brawler, my friend. Uh, except, you know, those are the only two examples it gives you. It wants you to make up the rest for yourself, and that's fine. Um, it says for the deviant archetypes, if you pick one and you would like to be a superpowered one, you have to take... <laughs> You're a Marvel slash Marvel. Yeah, you have to take Marvel again as your secondary to get access to the power bu- buttons. Uh, now, the races look highly imbalanced when you first look at them, because they'll have... They have, like, four stats, and each of them ranges from, like, like poor to refined. But those are just the senses? Yeah, so... You- the game, each, of course, has a whole chapter called The Four Senses. Each race, you get a level one to four in sight, hearing, smell, and taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, it tells you what type of tissue, skeleton, and vitals you have. Mm-hmm. Now, note that for almost all of them, it's just, you know, tissue, normal. Organic, it's skeleton, skeleton endo. endoskeleton. <laughs> Vitals, biological. Yeah, the I only think, way to, you have to be a cyborg to not get an endoskeleton. The cyborg is the other only one that ain't got is, no motherfucking endo. He's got an organic endo, biological, the same as everyone else. You just have the option of changing it. Yeah. Uh, now you also get technically a thing where it's like your affinities, and it tells you what archetypes are generally done with this thing. It's got Although nothing that to do with anything. Yeah, it's not <laughs> like you get a benefit by going through your affinity. Mm-hmm. It just tells you. I don't know, maybe play this? Uh, notably, when I was... Because this is the, t- the kind of game where it was so confusing and complicated that I had we both had to make our characters before this. Oh, yeah. We've already um, done our bonus content. I kind of... S- Patreon.com slash System Mastery. Go there. You'll hear the characters that we have already made in this absolute brain fuck of a game where I have written two full pages of stats. Yeah. I wanted to make a rogue in it. None of the, <laughs> none of the races favor rogue. No. Uh, so I was like, oh no, that's not good. Why is, why is that? The, and then it turned out who gives a shit. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter it doesn't if your do, affinity is too rogue. If there was any one recurring theme throughout this game, it would be who gives a shit. It doesn't matter because <laughs> most of the subsystems of this game don't interact or correlate with each other in any kind of way. Not really. Now, if you are a deviant race type, you also automatically get a weakness, uh, because that's basically a thing that comes with Marvel, mm-hmm. but because you're automatically a Marvel, all of them have a thing. So, like, vampire weak to sunlight, werewolf weak to silver, and so on. Yeah. Uh, but then everyone has whatever your movement is. You get the most important thing, which is what category your prime attributes are under. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Because... There are four ranks of attributes, which would sound like they go from low to high, but they don't because they're kind of mixed around. This is so confusing. There are, you can be an animal, a, a people, it's, an augmented, I'm sorry. It's go, wild, wild, even, even, uh, augment or epic. Yes. Which basically amounts to animal, people, uh, cyborg, God, more or less. Although there are other ways to get to augment, like you could have magical augmentations or whatever, but basically that's what they boil down to. But here's the thing. Uh, there are three categories of stats, and you're not going to get. Th- you're learning this in chapter two, where you're learning about our, uh, these these race types. They're called. You won't see stats until chapter eleven or ten or something like that. So it'll take a while before any of this means anything. Well, yeah, because you look at it, and you're like physique epic. And you're like, oh, I guess that's what it is. I just have an epic physique. Yeah. And then you're like, oh no, physique uh, actually goes with two stats, and then there's three sub-stats within it. Now, those stats, of course, 
will correlate to some attribute modifiers that you'll also make based on those stats and substats. Yeah, so if you're wondering how many stats are in this game, there are three core stats... Uh, six creative stats, nine expressive stats, and eleven substat uh, derived substats. Yep. Um. So you know that's <laughs> that's that's truth. Uh. Okay. So so yeah. Then each race has their own perk. Mm-hmm. So uh, the perk is just a plus one to one of the stats. Oh no, I'm sorry. No, that's that's the race bonus. Yeah. You that's also the archetype. A, bonus. That's an archetype bonus. You the also- race perk is if you're one of the primal ones, it gives you some good thing mm-hmm. that you are good at and if you are a deviant instead you have what are known as endowments which you pick three out of a list of five superpowers to have essentially yes so that's like, where serpentian endowments comes from it's not just a guns and roses song no so you could have like oh i've got the ability to spit venom or i have chameleon skin as a serpentian and those would be your endowments mm-hmm. uh <laughs> okay uh now, like I was trying to explain in the stat grid, you have a number of points to invest in your stats. The grid is, let's say you're making a human. Uh, that means you're using the even stat track for all three of your stats. Um, in fact, that's the case for almost everybody who isn't one of the deviant archetypes. And uh, the way it works is you you look at the grid, and even is on the second height for, for uh, the physique and intellect categories, and on the third tier for the pow- for the willpower categories and force category. So if you put two points into that, you multiply it. No, I'm sorry. They're on the first tier for strength and intellect. So they multiply those by one. When they're in the second tier, no, they multiply- even as times two. It's times two Wild is the times one for intellect because you're an animal. Oh, right. Okay. I forgot about this. I'm because I made my character a feral and not a human, which is why they have a wild for their starting strength. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> the whole thing is you look at whatever it said for your race type, whether it was, you know, wild, even, epic, whatever. When you get to the point where you actually are making your character, you know, ten chapters later, you look at the thing that says, all right, what are you? All right, I'm looking at strength. Okay, I'm a human, I'm a times one strength, so I just, I'm a one to four. Mm -hmm. But if I'm wild, I'm times two. Well, you're technically a zero to four. You're allowed to have a zero. You can put zero points into a stat if you want to, but then you are bad. It will laugh at you. You'll, you'll, because this book, (laughs) in the stat section, it has those examples where, you know how some, you know, especially in White Wolf games, they'll be like, what if you have one dot in strength? And then it just kind of makes fun of you. Well, because you're a dumb idiot. Yeah. And then if you put five dots in strength, it's like, you could throw a card through another car. Yeah. Or, you know, they do the. You're, you have the strength of a peak Olympian. You have the mental deductiveness of a Sherlock Holmes. But in this one, it's zero is always, you're a stupid dump. And then five is always, you are five times as smart as, as a one. Yeah, the weird thing for me in this is they have the whole times two, times three, times four. And when you look at it, instead of it being, oh, you know, what's a level three when you're times four? Well... You know, normally level three for someone that's times one is three, Mm -hmm. but I have an effect of 12 in it. What does that mean? You are four times as powerful as a human that is a level three. And you're like, shut up. Why did you put examples here? This doesn't need an example. That's just literally what the numbers are. This would be like if you just showed someone a list of numbers and four was like, example, two plus two. (laughs) What does a five mean in this game? Well, it's like if you were a three, but you added plus two. No, fuck you. Oh, thank you. That was a worthwhile use of page. So, yes, you will get all of your race nonsense. This game, of course, 
because it wants to be everything has a lot of non required subsystems so it also has a sustenance subsystem oh god yes uh, there's there are things in this game that have stats that i've never seen a game have stats for before sustenance is simple enough it's it's pretty much when they were making how, fun of how Andrew. often do you need to eat yeah how often do you need to be in shelter how often do you need to rest yeah uh and certain races are better at like elves only need like four hours of sleep a night whereas cat girls or ferals as they're called uh do not require shelter at any time and are always can always be wherever yeah and then there are optional rules for oh well if you haven't eaten your sustenance level in a day then you acquire a minus one penalty to whatever yeah and obviously that's because you're supposed to play this game as one of them hex grid crawl through the wilderness type things where you're like all right now you walk this distance and you flip the die the the token thing and you're like in a squiggly fashion (laughs) and then you encounter roll the the spin the die carbon a baby (laughs) carbon a baby (laughs) oh carbon is earth uh, this game has the standard el- four elements that, you know... Yeah, the, the, it's air, the, fire, water, and carbon. carbon. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Uh, so so that's, that's your race. Your archetype is... I mean, it's, this it's is just a new, standard fantasy classes. It's a new kind of art, though, that's for sure. Because all of a sudden we switch from poser art to... Uh, Still poser art? Stick figures? Oh no, the the symbol for them. Well, yes. because they have a there's a there's a periodic table of archetypes. Uh they start with the center uh, line of it which is uh Warofi Buau uh or warrior rogue fighter butcher or outlander. Uh butcher is just berserker, outlander is just ranged archer guy. Yeah. Uh you've got warrior, fighter, rogue, rogue, fighter, monk, butcher, <laughs> barbarian, outlander, ranger. Congratulations. Uh-huh. Except it says Oh, you may think it's that, but also you can use guns? Yeah. Like, that didn't make it a no, new it just, class. No, it just changes ranger to ranged. You just change the D, the R to a D. Great. Um, okay, then there's the, the six magic classes you can play as. Marvel, superhero, priest, priest, magus. Wizard. Uh, wizard. So- sorcerer. Sorcerer. Witch, which is witch. It's fine. It's just, it's like the ritual it's class. Debuff. Yeah. And summoner. Enchanter slash summoner. And then finally, four other classes that are called the soft classes. The supportive archetypes. Supportive archetypes, which are scholar, engineer, administrator, and commoner. And administrator is what it sounds like. It's like if you're... (sighs) (laughs) He's like a bureaucrat, basically. The thing that everyone gets in choosing an archetype is it lets you know what type of weapons you can use, what type of armor you can use, whether or not you can dual wield and how big of a weapon you can dual wield, mm-hmm. uh, what kind of special skills or powers you have, and then a modifier bonus to one of your stats. Mm-hmm. Now, if you pick one of the uh, support skill people, you get two bonuses to your modifiers yes. instead of a plus one, which the all the other ones get, mm-hmm. because you're garbage. Yeah, you are absolute trash. The only one that's any good at all is the commoner, because his whole trick is that if he apprentices or squires himself to another class and then stays with them through four level or grid acquisitions. Well, if they have a level four in a skill a, or talent. A skill that is exclusive to that cl- that archetype, then he can learn it from them. So yeah. he, he has an ability to copy exclusive archetype bonuses from other people. Yeah, he can learn 
you know, if you're a commoner, he doesn't have any start of game special skills or powers or anything. Mm -hmm. He starts out as just a garbage dump idiot, but he has the potential to learn anything. I think my favorite piece of poser art in this section, I know you have one as well, but my favorite one is the administrator, which looks like if someone took Tom Cruise and punched him into Nathan Fillion. <laughs> like, literally tried to sculpt a Nathan Fillion out of a Tom Cruise with punches, and then gave him a glass of blood because he's supposed to be a vampire, but also gave the blood some, like, macchiato foam. I'm uh, not sure what's going on there. Plus, he's on an old cell phone, and it's great. It looks like he's talking to a t- uh, glasses case. <laughs> <laughs> no, the the 100% best picture is the Magus, which is someone who is wielding a wand that doesn't exist past his thumb, a, mm-hmm. <laughs> a young child who has put on a beard <laughs> that he found in a <laughs> costume department, and he is wearing a cheap... Halloween store robe, and he just looks like he's trying to do his best elementary school play. I'll just leave him alone, John. This is Damon. He's trying to get into the goth club. (laughs) Oh, Damon. (laughs) Bless your heart. (laughs) Don't tell anyone. (laughs) (laughs) This is a Zan the Destroyer costume. I got it at Target. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, (laughs) So, yes, that'll give you the list of things that you can have. Now, if you want to duel class again which it's like strongly encouraged yeah if you want to be a like custom type of thing so if in your world you want to be like the classic gish mm-hmm. you're like oh well i'm a warrior magus or mm-hmm. warrior sorcerer then you take that whatever your dominant thing is it's the one you choose first is uh <laughs> the one that Tells you all of your arsenal armor, your dual wielding, mm-hmm. your modifier bonus, all that is whatever you picked first, your dominant one. And then your techniques and powers and skills, you can pick from both. Yes. But they're both half XP to level. Yeah. So half XP to level is also the penalty you suffer from being a deviant because you have, to, be you have to You have to pick two to be a deviant. You can't be like, well, I'll just be a vampire and whatever. Uh, okay, so... So yeah, those are archetypes, and you're technically allowed to take more than two if you want. If you, you just you just divide it by the number of archetypes you currently have. So if you want to be like, I'm an administrator engineer commoner, that's fine, but you're going to level up your crappy classes very slowly. Yeah, because this doesn't have levels. It's leveling up each individual skill and power. Based on when you use them and a whole variety of other things. Yeah, and depending on who you used it against, mm-hmm. what, what was the skill value and how hard was it to do it? Were you successful or not? Mm-hmm. So you have to track every one of your skills and powers individually. Mm-hmm. And if you are more than one archetype, you also have that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, after that, we it jumps right into a section about techniques, which are divvied up by the three types of things you can be. Uh, most of the combat classes just get the warfare technique list, except for the fighter who gets the special martial arts technique list. I do love that he decided to name the bare-fisted brawler a fighter in Mm -hmm. a game where he has basically turned fighter into warrior. Uh Uh-huh. And the fighter's track in the martial arts tree is particularly bad, because the first two powers in it are better at punches and better at kicks and that starts the thing where where each of them have their own little parallel tracks i this not just for this game i fucking hate every single game that's like 
oh, you can play as the like the monk or the martial artist or whatever. Now, of course, normally in this game, anyone who tries to punch or kick without being one of these, it's garbage. So we have to give you a thing that makes it not garbage. However, that counts as one of your powers. Yep. I'm like, no, no. You can't just take a power selection away from me and say, but now you can be as good at hitting as a normal guy who also got something else. Historically, RPGs have hated the concept of the bare knuckles brawler and get it wrong every single time. Uh, It's been the case in most D&Ds and so on. Even one of my old fan favorites, uh, Ninjas and Super Spies, gives your character a wide variety of martial arts moves you can do every turn. You get a big list to choose from. But there's no difference between them except how much damage they do. So no one in Ninjas and Super Spies has ever punched anyone else because kicks do more damage. Yeah. Obviously, they're done with your big, muscly legs. The the worst thing for me is looking at some of these where, like, one of the martial arts things you can have is the kip up. Mm-hmm. So it's oh, yeah. that whole, I just, you know, kick myself up to standing from lying on the ground. Yeah. You see that a lot. In, you know, martial arts, wrestling, anything like that. Yeah. But in order to take it, you need to have taken escape throw. Now, of course, in order to take escape throw, you needed to take escape hold. Now, in order to take escape hold, you needed to take grappling. Yeah. So by the time you get the ability to jump to your feet, you've already had to buy three other powers. Uh At which point you're strong enough that you're probably not getting knocked down. So what's going on? But, you know, it's. Okay, the other four fighting classes all pick from the same grouping of skills called warfare. Uh, There's not much difference between them, and it means that really when you're picking these classes and which one you'd like to play, you should take the one that gives you the most access to arms and armor because they all are picking from the same field of of techniques. Yeah, it's (laughs) kind of silly. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, unless the plus one you get from Rogue is that much more important to you than the plus one you get from a warrior... Yeah, the only other difference between them is access to an exclusive skill list. Yes. Uh, which... So every uh, archetype has exclusive skills that they can go to. Mm-hmm. Now, <sighs> hang on. We're not quite done with archetype or, the, or techniques yet, yeah, though. The techniques, once you get to the uh, the supporty boys, yeah, is just soft skills. They're called soft skills, and all they are is meta skill adjustments. They're things like, oh, uh, you, if you take this technique... Once per day, you can get a minus two to doing an administrator-style skill. It's almost entirely like, what is this? Uh, If you're doing a survival lifestyle skill, it's reduced by two difficulty. Mm -hmm. Okay, what's this? If you're doing a drive skill, it's reduced by two difficulty. All right, and if you're doing a social skill, it's... Okay, I get it. I get that all of these just reduce difficulty. Yeah, they're very, very simple. The only one that really kind of breaks out of that mold is the engineer, because they have a lot of, like, building shit tricks. But even then, that's mostly tied up in the skill system and not the technique system. No, the soft skills are almost across the board, just yeah. that. Yep. And then the occasional thing where it's like, you can slap someone on the ass and they get a few ether points well, back. And a few of them also relate to the game, the game's core uh, resolution mechanic, which is you know the track flicking. Because there'll be things like, oh, uh, you can you can take a practice flick, and if the practice flick is something you want, then you can say it counts as your real flick. Yeah, because every time you would do a flick in this, you are allowed a practice, but it doesn't count for anything. But ooh, baby, if you're one of these guys, you can you can take it. 
Yeah, you can flick your practice flick, and then if it's a good flick, you can be like, that's my flick. You're just basically, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, it means I get an extra chance. And they also, it's just extra chance the skill. Yeah, so basically all the, the flick manipulation is tied up in these soft skills as well. It'll be things like, oh, there's a fi- there, there's an optional rule that we strongly encourage, which is a five-second rule for flicks, which is that once it's your turn to flick, you have five seconds to do it per flick you have to do. Uh, in, and if you have this one soft skill adjust or technique adjustment from the uh, from the administrator type, or support type classes, it's double that. So you get ten seconds per flick instead of five seconds. So basically, you choose these classes if you don't want to have a strong impact on the game, but you do want to be good at your crappy impact on the game. <laughs> yeah, you picked something, and you're like, ooh. When he calls for me to make a skill flick, mm-hmm. I'm there, baby. Yeah, it's kind of like saying, it, like ranking up and being really good at riding a bike that has training wheels. <laughs> you're like, I'm the best at training wheels. And you're like, can you just take them off? No, this is this is my chosen discipline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, you know, you're looking around, you're like, oh, that guy is super great at murdering people with guns. And this other dude has turned someone into a frog. But, man, if we have to make camp... My tent is going to be immaculate, let yeah. me tell you. So, uh, okay. Then there are six more, because so far all we've seen is warfare, martial arts, soft skills. Then, when you get to the wizard types, all of them get their own tracks. So there's... An, there's uh, yeah, you don't... Uh, a magus and a sorcerer? Oh, no. Those are two different types of powers. <laughs> yep. Sweet. So they all get their own technique tracks to choose from, but they're not called techniques. They're called powers. Yeah. Uh, because they get powers instead of techniques. Uh, for God's sake. Uh, okay. Now, after all of those are selected, and, and each one of those has an EP... Uh, okay. I'm trying to defeat... You know what? Let, trying- me, let me try and help you out here. Okay. All right. There's so many la- layers. John, layers. <sighs> Grand's all- Flaky Biscuits. All of these powers have levels. Mm-hmm. They have ranks one through three. And depending on the rank you have... It will change the effectiveness of it, but in addition to that, you also pay ether points, which we haven't mentioned. It is the mana of this game, but everyone uses it. So if I want to use a technique as a warrior, Mm -hmm. I'm still using ether points to do my cool shooting trick as, you know, a wizard who is trying to summon a little imp is also using ether points. Now, notably, ether points are derived from the size of your character, like the actual physical height of your character, and the it, multiplied by the power level that the game is set at. Uh, well, it's <laughs> it is your ether point value for your race mm-hmm. multiplied by your size. Mm-hmm. Then you take that and you multiply it by two. Well, if that's no. the power level of the game. That's the last one is multiplied by the power level of the game. No, because oh, that's times the two. base. That's the base. And then times three if you're at the second power tier again. Yeah. Which means, notably, that most people are going to be playing man-sized things because the game, the only race that isn't man-sized is dwarf, and its powers counts as man-sized. So uh, that means everyone starts with the exact same number of these things, and it is a big number. No, most skills, like the, the, when I was building my character, the most expensive thing I had cost 20 EHPs per day. Yeah. My character had 576 EHPs. And it's not like I yeah. built for them. That's the baseline. No, you look at a thing and you're like, what does this cost? Oh, it's uh, it's 10 EP. Um, okay, sure. Who gives a shit? Yeah, so... it. it <laughs> 
But EHP recovery is exceedingly important. It's, it's uh, decided by a variety of factors, including how comfortable you are, whether or not you like the food you're eating that night, and another thing, which we will get to after we talk about skills that is my favorite thing in the entire book. Yeah, I mean, we're 45 minutes into this. Like I said, this is going to be a while. It's fine. It's okay. You want to make it a two-parter? I don't. Because we could easily make it a two-parter. Mm. And it would make it mean we don't have to do any more reading throughout the Christmas season. <laughs> <sighs> but sure we'll keep pushing as if it's just going to be a big long episode i tell you what hmm? if we manage to get to an hour and we're still basically on skills sure we'll cut it there yeah, all right here we go so skills uh oh my god skills uh skills are divided into exclusive and lifestyle uh exclusive skills are determined by your career or archetype track choices you get access to both or however many archetypes you've chosen uh, but so yeah, if I picked warrior, mm-hmm. like I'm just making a straight up swords guy and sure. he's in armor, then you get to pick from the warrior specific skill list. Uh, in addition to the lifestyle skills, which is open to everyone. Yeah. Now a lot of these skills are absolutely wacky. Uh, some of them are really great, especially in the exclusive tracks. This is the one part of the game where I really enjoyed it. Was There's a butcher skill in particular that I found particularly enjoyable called uh, Spatter. Uh, butchers are supposed to be... They're basically barbarians. They, they swing big weapons and they're scary, right? Spatter is if you get any of the enemy's blood on you, you regain some of your EP. Now, when you look at that, initially reading through this, because, of course, this is before you've learned anything about how this game works, Yeah, I was like... Oh, okay. I mean, I guess that just gets, what, adjudicated by the the GM? Oh, no. There's an entire set of rules on whether or not blood spatters and the direction it goes. So yeah. don't you worry about that, my friend. <laughs> also, climb mountains, climb building, and climb trees are three discrete skills. Yeah. <laughs> There's a there's a whole section of how client or like the, all the skills just get a one sentence description, uh, which is just enough for them to be stupid in certain situations. Like team sports skill description is your ability to participate in team sports. Yeah, great. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, all skills go level one to five. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you put any points in it, and otherwise this, you're just untrained. This is a whole grid thing. Now. <laughs> Good lord. Okay. We haven't gone far enough into the grids at all. The way that the skill system resolution works, there are six levels of difficulty. So when you start out, you're going to go anywhere from simple up to monumental for your skill set. Yep. Now, you cross-reference the chart of simple, moderate, worthy, and so on with what rank you have, zero through five. Then it will tell you how many times you have to slide a token within a certain time frame within a certain section of the grid. Yeah, because the grid has a hexagon outside of a square, outside of a circle, uh, is the core like shapes of the grid. So it'll say like you have to slide a token and land it inside the circle, which means you have to get it to the middle of the grid. Yeah, so... You know, the circle one is going to be, this is the hardest to get into Mm -hmm. because it's just sort of the bullseye of the entire grid. Yeah, it's like Frank Zappa music. (laughs) Yes, it's the hardest to get into. It's exceedingly hard to get into. But if it says, like, the hexagon, Mm -hmm. that's pretty much just don't flick it off the table and you're fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So if you have level five in something uh, and it's a simple task, you need to, within five seconds, 
flick the token into the hexagon twice. Yeah. If you have no levels in a skill, and it is simple, you need to, within five seconds, flick it once into the circle. Mm-hmm. That sounds... Like, the manual dexterity issue is, if you have five seconds to do two flicks, then you have to go get the thing again and reset it on the thing and flick it. And and all of that's part of your time limit, which means it's it's going to be tricky. Also, who's doing these five-second measurements? How is that even done? I mean, I assume like table it's... table count? I assume it's you get out your phone and go to the stopwatch mode and do five seconds. Or do you think it's like when you're playing Beer Fest and everyone at the table just, you know, five, four, three, two, kind of no, thing? No, I, I assume, given what this game is, it's going to be as precise as possible. Okay, so we're using, a, we're using a stopwatch to measure five seconds? Yeah, now that's, of course, only for the simple to worthy challenges. If you are doing a complex, daunting, or monumental challenge... Well, then you get 10 seconds to do it. <sighs> Which sounds weird, because it feels like you get less time to do the harder stuff, given that that is a skill test and that the difficulties aren't... Except the difficulty is now just where you have to hit. Yeah. Because with a complex, everything up through level three is you have to get it in the circle. Mm-hmm. But if I have a zero skill and I'm trying to do a complex action... I have to get it in the circle four times in ten seconds. Yeah. Okay. So, so every skill. So this. But I don't know how to judge something on this because the level zero in a simple is one slide into the circle. Mm-hmm. If I have level one in the skill in five seconds, I need to slide it three times into the square. The square is not that much bigger than the circle? No, it's the size of the, you know, all the the sides of the circle touch the sides of the square. Which means, more than anything, it's just the five seconds that's going to fuck you, because you're like, I got to get it in there three times, as opposed to the one guy who slides in once. Isn't it five seconds per flick and not five seconds per total difficulty? No, all set skill token slides must be done within five seconds. Wow, okay. Although that, again, could be read either way. Yeah. Um, so there's a variety of skills. Uh, the book never quite explains this, but about one skill in five is read on the page. Uh, we are fairly convinced that this indicates that this, that this skill has its own special type of difficulty that, yeah, normally the other ones are, all right, you know, I want to jump over a thing and your GM will tell you, all right, you're trying to jump real far. That's a complex action. Yeah. But the ones that are read in here are actually given their difficulty based on something. So like, notably, like, if I have the assistant mm-hmm. skill, uh, the difficulty is based on the weight of the instructions. Oh, John, can you go ahead and tell me what the assistant skill is real quick, just in case people didn't quite hear you say that there's a skill in this game called assistant? Yes, uh, it's an administrator skill called assistant, and an aid that carries out orders is the entire description of it outside of difficulty is based on the weight of the instructions. I don't know if that means you just create an assistant whole cloth out of the air no, to do it's, something. No, it's, it's your ability to be one. You, you can choose to be a lawyer or an administrator or a, or, or a, like any kind of di- a diplomat or something, or you can voluntarily put your skill points into being an undersecretary if you, if you, would, pref- <laughs> if you would prefer. If you would like to be a, a pushed-around sheep, that's, it's an option for you. It, notably, it's a red one for no good reason. Uh, an, another one I like is un, under the lifestyle skills. Uh, there's a section for like sports and and, and uh, physical expression. And as I mentioned, there's climb mountain, climb building, and climb tree. Oh, oh yeah, the, there's climb every mountain. Yeah, 
uh, of the three of those different climb skills, climb trees is red. The other two are not, which means this game has, has a special system for the purposes of tree climbing, but not building climbing. Yes. God damn it. This fucking game. Uh, this this game has a skill called barista. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that's red, and it's your ability to make and mix drinks because when you make a character, mm-hmm. you have to choose... Two foods and one drink that your character really likes. That the, if you if you manage to consume the foods your character likes over the course of a, of an adventuring day, uh, then you gain a be- a bonus to your EP recovery rate for that night's rest. Yeah, and each uh, food or drink mm-hmm. within itself has a flavor level. Yeah. Now. <laughs> This might seem like something that would be in the Guy Fieri RPG. I mean, I could see it. Kingdom Hearts has a, the new, the current Kingdom Hearts has a flavor level built into its crafting system. And also the current Pokemon has a whole complex curry manufacturing po- Pokemon camp engine. So this has a, a flavor level. Now this also ties into mm-hmm. your race types taste level. Mm-hmm. So if I have a like garbage palette like i'm a level one in taste which is what a uh i think a cyborg has because they're just like ah, my tongue is bad because i'm a robo i have the robot tongue then it's harder for you to appreciate higher level food so even if you get a level four food that you eat because your palate is garbage you're just like yeah whatever it's food because you have to Spin the token ver- of your level versus the level of food mm-hmm. to see how much you get out of it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I can fully convey how much that fucks with my head. <laughs> when reading this book, it's like, yeah, you ate uh, scone and you like scones. And now it is time to flip the token based on your level two flavor against this level three scum i mean let's let's go ahead and assume just take it as a neutral state for for where this game starts that when your characters meet an npc the game fully expects you to sit there spinning the token over and over and over and over again to determine who the npc is on the fly well that is a thing we can get into i mean do you want to where where are we at I mean, we're still in, uh, what, 57 minutes? About an hour? <laughs> I know I have at least another 45 minutes on this. We haven't even started talking about how every weapon in this game comes in four sizes. Or my personal favorite thing of all, which is that ordinary clothes have special stats. Oh, my God. I will never stop. No, this game keeps going. Like... We're going to stop here at skills, and Mm -hmm. if you've got anything else to say about skills, let me know. Uh, I mean, ultimately, one of us is going to have to do our bonus content character for today's discussion, so there's some some more things to talk about with skills. Uh, Skills, again, you get get a set number of points to spend on your exclusive skills and a set number of points to spend on your lifestyle skills. A lot of things that feel like they should be over in techniques are actually found in skills. For example, one of the exclusive witch skills is the ability to summon and bind familiars. Which is weird, because if you're the summoner archetype, that's just your power. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it, like I've been saying a lot, a lot of this book feels like we ha- you, 
or excuse me, a lot of this book feels like it was written without remembering what was in the previous chapter. We've talked about this before. It's been a while since we did like a Cinnabar or something like that, where it feels like no, this, this is this is very much cocaine writing, where it feels like the, it was. Re- yeah, this is a a C.S. McCracken uh-huh. level auteur. I am going to just sit down and pour my genius onto the page, mm-hmm. and I need not look back. Looking back is for chumps. I only look forward. <laughs> Uh, for for example, I mean, I know that we're already in an hour and we could potentially keep going and try and finish this. We haven't even told people what the 15 stats and 11 substats of this game are. Oh, I know. They haven't even come up. And and here's a fun fact that you might like to learn in, in regards to how they interrelate with skills in this game. They don't! That's right. There's an entire skill section that is like a bajillion different things that takes forever to do. And then you're like, oh, does this do anything with skills? Oh, no. Skills are an entirely different thing. They don't Mm -hmm. matter. Yeah. If I have a level five in, like, picking things up, Mm -hmm. then it doesn't matter if I have a level zero strength because I'm not rolling strength. I'm not going to go into the stats right now because we'll save it for next time, but I will mention that there's an example of stats in practice, which is if you have a low strength, let's let's evaluate what it would be like to be ordered to do ten push-ups. Uh, and it's like, oh, if you have a strength of zero, then then you can't even do the ten push-ups. You give up after three, and so on and so forth. There's no point throughout the description where it mentions that there's a whole section of physical and sports skills, uh, one of which is exercise. Yes. It just doesn't come up. No. I mean, there's already a mechanic in the game that we were introduced to 11 chapters earlier that, that gives you a description of how to do... Uh, how to flick a thing down a table to do a set number of push-ups. And then you're reading your way through the book, and here it is again, in a whole new way. I <laughs> I do really love that under the uh, the lifestyle skills, you can take Daredevil. Mm-hmm. So that's when you do a daring stunt. Or if you're a rogue, you can take parkour for when you do a daring stunt. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just... My man. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you, we can go with my character first for the bonus content, because I intentionally spent the minimum on skills so I could buy as many of the stupid ones as possible. So my character is just a tour down stupid skill lane. <laughs> uh, and, and once again, you can find that by going to our bonus content over at patreon.com slash system mastery. Um, and it's I, I, I found all the really funny ones and just layered them together to make my guy. <laughs> All right, so we are going to go ahead and take a little break right now. This is a first, folks. We just finished a whole episode of this fucking show, and we didn't tell you what the stats in the game are because... We didn't tell you the resolution system yet because it has not come up. Yeah, the combat system is like chapter 16 of this book. So uh, we'll we'll have to see you in two weeks with the third episode, or sorry, the second episode. No, the third episode. We're not making a second episode. Mm-hmm. That's for Ray Liotta. Yeah, that's what the Ninja Turtle would have been between. <laughs> this is the Molecule episode coming soon. <laughs> is the G? Uh, so yeah, we will be back in two weeks with the thrilling conclusion of the Glyphs RPG. Now. As I had mentioned at the beginning, this is free on DriveThruRPG. Yeah, go get this. It's free. It's crazy. It's really fun to read. Take a look at it. If for nothing else, please, please just look at the token and the grid. Yeah. So when we are telling you what you're supposed to do, you know how ridiculous this is. Yeah, this will be your chance to follow along at home. And uh, honestly, I want a whole bunch of our listeners to go download this free game from DriveThru so that the author of it sees it happen and is like, what the hell? What happened? I, I, I want to make a blip in his downloads. Hey, and if you think that having like a 
like a giant oversized slammer from when kids were playing Pogs Mm -hmm. as your resolution system for every die is cool, Mm -hmm. you can go to his 2D die website, and for 20 bucks, you can get a D4 through D20 token that is different from the token used in this game. Mm -hmm. Uh, I see we're plugging him because we're making fun of his free game. I'm just saying, okay. if you want to, you can do that. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I, I'm, I'm it has that. a whole YouTube thing <laughs> to explain how to use it. Oh, no, this guy's very of the internet. He's going to come for us, John. Oh, he's coming for what me, What if he baby? breaks thumbs? Oh, oh, he's going to come for me when he hits that G spot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's so much to look forward to with this one. I really look forward to doing another whole episode on this. Thank you so much for joining us. You guys... Have a wonderful holiday season. Mm-hmm. We will be back two weeks. More of this nonsense. But until then, you have a good one.